And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't done so yet, check out my weekly email where I share actual website and B2B marketing tips, useful podcasts, goodies, resources, and more each and every week to kick off your week with a bang. Why not give it a shot? Over at businessgrowth.email. Joining me today, I've got DJ Haskins. He's the head of marketing over at Engage Where. DJ, welcome to the show. How are you doing, hey, sir? Thank you, Sam. Yeah, welcome. Appreciate you having me here today. No worries, dude. So looking forward to looking forward to the convo. We're going to be talking exactly. We're going to be chatting if B two B lead gen, B two B lead generation is it dead? Is it dead as we know it? Is it alive and well? Who knows? We're going to discuss it <laughs> and hopefully come to some kind of settlement and uh put put the lead gen world when it comes to business to business to right so first and foremost dj i'd like to know your thoughts on kind of how b2b lead gen has has evolved over the last kind of five or so years or so yeah it's it's definitely changed a lot i mean i think you know i've been in the website and the b2b space for 20 years and you know it used to just be throw up a some some content in a form and boom there you go Um, yeah ebooks and gating everything and passing those quote unquote MQLs over to your SDR or BDR team or AD team and having them follow up. Um, and then, you know, if they didn't convert blaming them, you know, well, you, you don't know how to do it. Right. Um, and now, you know, just all the information that I see read and collaborate with our, with our peers is, you know, form conversions are way, way down. More buying mm-hmm. is done kind of behind the scenes or, with the research on your on your uh, website and through review sites and talking to peers, um, so I don't know if it's dead. It's definitely changed. That is one hundred percent for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt in that. So that said, I mean, you've only got to go on LinkedIn for a few minutes now, and if you're connected to a few B two B marketers, then there's so much talk. I know I almost see a post or two a day with someone stating that lead gen's dead. Lead gen is not the way to do things anymore. If you're a B2B company, if you're a SaaS company, then you, you need to focus on demand generation. So sure. create, creating new demand around your product. But is that the only way? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I do a lot of the selling here for us at WebChoice. So I, I always enjoy getting on the on sales calls. Now, I'm always conflicted. I'd love to know your thoughts because, yes, you want to create demand and awareness for your brand. But at the same time, you need those leads to, to actually fuel your sales pipeline. But what what are your thoughts on it, DJ? Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I think the you know there's there's plenty of of marketing um, experts, influencers on LinkedIn. We're seeing this from probably a lot of the same people that we follow. That it's it's really about creating awareness and and providing great content that that speaks to them and that resonates with them. Um, over the course of time, you know, AKA I might hear about something today, tuck it away later in my brain and then 30, 60, 90 days come back and do an organic Google search for the company name that I remember that or the person's name, right? And then, you know, organic would then get all the credit for that, right? But it really came from something that I saw somewhere else. So I, yes, you know, absolutely. We need to still have metrics that we measure, right? In terms of MQLs and conversion rates to, to meeting set or whatever that next action is. 
And for me, a lot of the thinking that I do is if we're truly going to ungate great content, and what I mean by ungating great content is if we run an ad and it sends 200 people to the page, I want those 200 people to consume the content, right? I don't want to just only have six or 8% of the people that filled out the form consume it. Now that's 200 people that now at least have consumed our point of view, uh, or at least the, the content versus that, you know, 40 or 50 people. Well, actually, that's not even, it would be, be closer to like 16 to 18 people, right? That would actually consume it. But, you know, obviously demo request is the ultimate, you know, raise your hand. Yes, I want to talk to you. But what I spend a lot of time thinking about is if we are going to ungate the content, what is yep. a really good kind of mid-funnel offer, right? That they would be willing to exchange their information and whether we quote unquote MQL that, aka hand it off to sales, or whether right. that then starts a nurture to try to drive them to that next step of the demo. These are all things that need to be considered, tested, iterated through, um, and something that we we spent a lot of time in Q2 and Q3 kind of coming up with our own kind of mid-funnel offer to start to test that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So going back to the start of the chat, and we'll get into, I know you've got some tips of what's worked well for yourselves at mm -hmm. Demandware when it comes to actually putting together offers, putting together kind of things that, that work well when it comes to getting solid leads for yourselves, which I want to jump into in a bit. But you mentioned like five or so years back, probably a bit more than that as well, um, the common practice was to, and many companies still do it, put out ebooks, um, put out guides, do webinars, whatever it is to, to get email addresses, names from potential prospects that might have some form of interest in a piece yeah. of media that you're putting out. Do you think that's still an effective way to build pipeline for B2B orgs? I do. Uh, I just think that we have to temper our expectations around those. So we've done hundreds of webinars over the four and a half years that I've been with the, with the organization. Um, and it used to be that, you know, 2018, you could eat cold email, a list of contacts with a webinar and get, you know, a hundred people to show you could get, you know, the, the register to show rate would be 65, 70%. And from there, those would turn in, you know, we'd be able to book, you know, I don't know, eight to 10% um, conversion rate on register to attend to, to meeting. Yep. That doesn't, those numbers are not like that anymore, at least for us, right? Now it's, especially with COVID, a lot more people started to do quote unquote virtual events. I think there was fatigue around that. I also think that we as consumers have become a little bit more aware of what happens when I register for a webinar, right? Like what's going to happen? So we still do webinars and, and we actually have a, a lot of discussion internally around vernacular. So, you know, we want to do these online sessions, but I'm really kind of careful about how we title those. Right. So we want to do um, webinars, which are thought leadership, which we are making an offer at the end. It's really just thought leadership. And then we're being careful about how we, you know, the follow up on that. Because what what I skipped over was that we're seeing registration you know, is lower. What we're seeing is register to attend is much lower. Not right. that 60 to 70%. We might be lucky to get 40 to 45%. But when we change the title of those and, and how we market it, we see better um, results. And what I mean by that is like, we ran quarter three, we ran demos. We were just like, we're going to be very explicit. This is a demo. You're going to come and you're going to see this to learn this, 
right? And then at least the expectation of that is like, I know what I'm getting myself into because a lot of webinars are really just demos wrapped around the title of a webinar, right? And you spend half the time trying to, to create a story to get to the demo. Um, and then the other thing that we, you know, information sessions and just, we've been really kind of working through and we've been doing a lot with our customer community to really say, you know, we created this, this community of engaged with bankers where we do these show and tells and different labels, conversations, we're calling them because we're expecting more people that we want them to participate in that. Um, so anyway, that I got off track a little bit there, but, and then eBooks, eBooks are still, I think really, really, or white papers or reports or whatever we want to call them are still a valuable piece of content. Right. It's just, we can't gate them anymore. We just can't, right? I mean, we have to, we want them to consume them. I've seen a lot and I look at the, a lot to see what are other B2B companies doing in terms of like, are they just PDFs or are they HTML pages with really strong calls to action in there? And, and how do we then, you know, do you just have HTML page with all the content and then enter your email to download your own copy after they've consumed it? You know, we've seen higher conversion rates on, on those types of things because it's now I say, yes, I will give you my email because I've already consumed it. I want to share this. I want to be able to go back and reference it. Yeah. And before we dive into these points a bit deeper, what would be your definition of a MQL as opposed to an SQL? Uh, I think a, a, an SQL is probably somebody that has been vetted by whether it's a BDR or an AE, meaning that there, you know, a meeting has been set. There is something that is, there is an event, there's a trigger, whether that's budget, whether that's pain, whether that's whatever those might be, that is then validated that that person is then going to go be a champion to sell your solution to others in the institution. An MQL this definition changes all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And there's not all MQLs are created equal. A market, you know, an MQL from our perspective is somebody that has done a certain number of actions that is then ready to be passed over to a BDR or an SDR. And there, when I say not all MQLs are created equal, you know, I measure conversion rates from different types of MQLs. And, and we, we know that, you know, a click to schedule, which is our demo request, you know, schedule time with us, has a much higher conversion rate than somebody that, you know, hits the HubSpot scoring threshold, right? And based on interacting with content, those those um, conversion rates are lower. So an MQL is somebody that we've deemed based on our scoring model, ready to talk to sales. SQL is somebody that sales has talked to and through some type of metric, there's alignment that this is then gonna come an opportunity. Chili Piper is an advanced scheduling solution for B2B revenue teams. Rather than listen to me ramble on, here's a super happy customer describing how Chili Piper has revolutionized the way they work. Chili Piper as a tool has just become part of our fabric. It's our meeting booking system for our prospects. And you'll be pleased to hear it just does it. It's like the ideal piece of software which you don't have to babysit. It just does what it needs to do. My SDR team like using it as well. The main bulk of their role is outbound prospecting, which they use Chili Piper to book book those meetings. Ultimately, they are booking meetings for the account executive. Their handoff is working you know, really well. You just heard there how Chili Piper can free up resources and turbocharge your productivity. 
Book your free demo today over at chilipiper.com slash BGS. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I-P-E-R dot com slash BGS. Chilipiper.com slash BGS. Are you tired of the competition stealing your potential clients and website traffic just because they rank higher than you on Google for the main services or products you offer? Or maybe you're already investing in SEO or marketing, but your website's failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Or perhaps you already work with a web or SEO agency, but they're just not getting you the results they promised. Let's fix that. Get in touch with us over at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Mention the podcast and set up a call with Sam to see if we can help you with the results today. Do you think a SQR sales qualified lead always needs to speak to a sales rep first before it's sales qualified? The answer is, I believe it depends. It depends on the product that you sell. And what I mean by that is there's product-led growth where you don't even need to interact with sales because you're registering for an account. You know, you're interacting with it, whether you're it's a free trial or whether you're putting a credit card in. So from that perspective, it's different than an enterprise level sale that has a three to six month sales cycle, has five to eight different um, buyers involved. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And yeah, that, I suppose there's always going to be that argument, really, if it's a low ticket item and you can literally just get a free demo or free trial through the site itself. And it's relatively low um, risk in terms of the monthly expense. Maybe it's just 50 bucks, 100 bucks per, per month, per year. Well, and I've even, yeah, I've even seen people talk about like, look, hey, this is, I know it's going to be 12 grand a year. It's a thousand dollars a month with the website and all the material that you have has told me, what am I getting? How does it work? Allows me to go in and set up myself. They don't necessarily maybe need to talk. Not, not everyone would need to talk to sales, right? Some prefer to self-serve and just like, hey, I want to do this Tuesday night at 10 p.m. when I have an hour. Let me do it then versus tomorrow at 10 a.m. to have an hour long conversation about this when I'm already I'm already you already got me. Just let me get me going. Right. So I think it, it depends on each different solution. Yeah, it's a different one. Right. Because some I mean, I, I divulge. I, I mess around talking about this on, on most shows and solo episodes we run on Business Growth Show. Um, I'm always saying that your website can be your best sales rep and it can really qualify prospects quite hard depending on if you want it to, because what I see is there's usually two splits with B2B orgs. So some organizations are scared stiff to share their processes, pricing, case studies, hide everything behind a gate. So you've got to put your email to access pretty much anything. Um, and then you've got the other, other side of the fence where companies will openly share pretty much everything. So you can openly access resources, guides, pricing, case studies, anything you want to know is there on the website. So that theoretically means that prospects can self-serve, like you mentioned, get a feel for how you work, who you can help, um, work you've done in the past, and then qualify themselves in or out, and then decide Correct. if they want to book a demo. Well, and I think on the other side of that too is just even the buyer, right? Some buyers, they we're all slightly different in it depending on the purchase. So some buyers might prefer the self-service route. Some buyers still might want you know, Hey, there's three of us involved in this. We need to get, we need to schedule time for the three of us to review this and discuss it 
with a facilitator, aka sales rep, right? So that's the, I think that's the other side of the equation is that it's not just um, what are we doing as marketers, but how are we facilitating how people buy and their preferences within whether they're personal or whether they're institutional, right? Or organizational, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, fair, fair. I appreciate each each company, especially when it comes to enterprise deals, you're going to need to have several conversations with sales reps, engineers, and possibly more, depending on the difficulty that is to integrate with your your team sure. software and the size of the deal, of course. So it's yeah, it's uh, it's very different depending on what you sell. Um, with that said, you mentioned something a bit earlier, DJ. You mentioned that I think you said, correct me if I'm wrong, that ebooks shouldn't be gated anymore. Um, so should should most content like that be open source be easy to access i mean is that because i mean many companies are are doing this now but many still don't um so it's it's a tricky one so what it is what's there well we just so we we do two really big quote-unquote content campaigns throughout the year you know one in the first half and one in the second half um the first half the the one in the first half we partner with a third party um, to get that industry validation. They create a lot of it with, in conjunction with us. They then post it on their website. They gate it. They send us over you know, the, the downloads. They're an industry publication and they get much higher um, downloads because they have that third-party credibility of I'm going there for expertise. And then in the second half, we do a, a trends report. So we, we run, we invest a lot of time, effort, and money into surveying. Um, we release it as a webinar and then, and then a comprehensive report with findings. Last year, we gated it. And we missed, you know, with a 5% conversion rate, 95% of the people that were willing to consume it didn't. Right. So this year, we're not going to gate it, right? Because we want that other 90, we want 100% of the people to consume it because the insights that are in there and our point of view that are that is in there and the value that they'll get from it we want them to consume it. So we invested a lot of time, effort, and money into it. And what's the ROI of that? I think the ROI of that is that now people have a different perspective or a different point of view. Not everyone might find it 100% valuable. But at a minimum, now we can start to, you know, the whole quote-unquote ABM or marketing qualified account methodology where we can then start to market back to them. We can understand, you know, at an organizational level who is there. We can start to do things about that because, um, and what I've seen over the course of time, when we go back and look at look at different opportunities or MQLs, is that a lot of times they were starting 30, 60, 90 days in advance of actual MQLing, right? They started that process. So we want to use this as a very top of funnel piece. So I don't believe, you know, now maybe if this ebook is lower in the funnel, you know, a checklist yep. or something along those lines. Maybe you do gate it, but for thought leadership and in the way that I'm thinking about an ebook, I think it's, it needs to be ungated. Yeah. So you're doing it on the basis that it's a generally helpful piece of content. It's going to be useful to your target, your target market. And then are you going on the basis that will remarket to that audience? 100%. Um, whether that's LinkedIn ads, Facebook ads, whatever channel they're on to yes. kind of get in front of them over time. Correct. And then working through the right next step, right? They've consumed this. What is the remarketing aspect next? What is that next? And, and that also happens on page, right? In terms of the cause of action built into that, mm-hmm. which is which is why we're going to build an HTML page versus just the PDF because we can control the experience a lot better. Um, 
to try to drive them deeper into learn more about this point of view, these solutions, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 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 So a lot of this that we've talked about is fairly longish term when it comes to actually driving people from initially hearing about your company to then raising their hand, becoming a demo request. Um, especially if we're providing ungated content and they're consuming it, they're perhaps enjoying it. And then over time we're getting our company in front of them with ads. Correct. And so on. Um, what if we're under pressure? What if we're under pressure from our CEO or CMO? They want leads. They want to ramp up the sales team's pipeline pretty quick. Um, what, is, what do you normally recommend when it comes to that side of things for quicker routes to market? Well, this is, this is the balance that I think a marketer and a marketing team has to walk. You have to have a certain amount of activities built into your annual plan, quarterly plan, to have that steady stream of activity. And that's where I think I've gotten off track in the past. And I think that's what I, what I really, really try to, to quote unquote hedge against now is that right. we have to have a certain amount of activities. It's not something that you can turn on tomorrow, unfortunately, right? But it's something that you can turn on next month with, hey, we have these overarching quote unquote campaigns that are running. And it's, you know, if you were just take 30 days off, you'd be in trouble, right? Because you kind of have to have this steady stream of, we're running this for top of funnel, we're running this for middle funnel. And then for our organization, it's in conjunction with our with our BDR team in terms of ensuring that we, we have an outbound aspect of it. And then infusing certain triggers like a webinar, even though I said earlier that they're not performing as well, right? They still work um, to some degree, maybe just not as well, whether it's events. Right. An event could be in person. It could be these demos that we talked about. It could be um, these kind of customer community conversations that we're having, um, or it could just be, you know, ramping up, you know, some of our other advertising. And that to me is really why, you know, that mid funnel offer is critical, right? So how can we then promote something that maybe is a little bit, not quite the, I'm ready for a demo, but is something that I can create MQLs, right? And, and we need to find that perfect balance so that we're, you know, our leads don't look like this up yep. and down, up and down, but at more, more kind of consistent and those spikes kind of shrink. Right. So we have some high points and low points, but they're not way off the charts. High yeah, yeah. Or low. Let's, let's get into that mid funnel offer in a sec. Um, when, whether that's your organization or any others that you've worked with, when, um, upper management, c-suite etc say that they need to ramp up leads pretty fast yeah. what are your immediate go-to's do you, do you normally say well let's ramp up google search ads do you normally increase spend on review sites um do you or do you just say look we need more time the demand gen play or the longer term play the abm motion is working yeah so what, for 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 us and for our organization we could ramp up digital right in terms of in terms of driving traffic the challenge with that comes back to the offer, right? I mean, because it's sure. yeah, where we can show that we drove traffic, right? But if we're not going to gate things, we're not going to get the MQLs, um, um, you know, so that there's that. So webinars for us has been, that's always been our go-to. Hey, need leads, boom. All right, let's run a, let's run a webinar. But then when we look at our metrics, I can show you that we're going to get a 43% registered to attend. I can show you that we're going to get a four to 5% meeting set conversion rate for there. 
So we're just juking stats at that point, right? We're just playing a game um, to, to show, oh, our MQLs went up, right? But but they care about that only because they what they what they really care about is opportunities in close one, right? And so th- it's a game in some regards, and, and I don't necessarily want to play the, the game, but we know how to play the game. And so for us, that would be a webinar. If that was, if our, my CEO came to me tomorrow and said, we need 200 MQLs next week. Yeah. First thing I would say is like, that's a vanity stat, but if you need me to, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, no, fair enough. Let's, let's talk about this mid funnel offer that you recommend DJ. It'd be interesting to know what's working well there for you. Yeah. And this isn't necessarily something that I, you know, I don't necessarily have with a solution, but, but what we've done, you know, I follow Dave Gerhardt and a lot of other, a lot of other B2B leaders and, Dave actually just sent out an email this week talking about the mid funnel offer. You know, what's a mid funnel offer, you know, hubs, the, probably one of the more famous one was HubSpot's website grader that came out, you know, 2009, 2010, where they're able, you know, engineering as marketing for lack of a better word, where they were actually able to give you something of value so that you could have a report that actually showed where you need to go next. Drift had that where you could had something similar where you could see what the chatbot looked on your website, right? And for us, we can't necessarily do anything product-wise. It's just too complicated. Um, so what we did is we created these three-minute demos. You know, they're gated. Basically, they're very, I found this great script on YouTube where it's kind of flipped the whole script around, like, don't start with value prop. This is a demo. Start with what does the user actually see? Talk about your secret sauce. Talk about what does the manager care about their value? And then at the end, talk about what does the executive care about from the overall value prop. So we created these, these three minute demos for each of our three products. um, And we promote them on our product page and we've seen it's a great mid funnel offer, right? So we're, we're having our demos and our, our click to schedules, which, you know, we get a steady stream of those, but now, now we've, we've doubled or tripled the number of quote unquote MQLs that are coming in through this offer. And that's really what I'm pressing our team for all the time is like, what's our next offer? How do we have three or four of those so that Mark, you know, management isn't coming to me and saying, we need more MQLs. I can go back to them with, um, with a borderline predictive model of like, Hey, if we continue to do X and Y, we're going to see this, this, and this, these are the conversion rates. And I can wake up on, you know, the first day of the quarter and comfortably say, here's how we're going to read our, meet our meeting set goal, because I don't care about MQL goals. I care about meeting set goal because we know the downhill metrics from there yeah yeah nice i like the idea and when you say mid funnel how do you see or how do you for example drive people to that at what stage are they ready to see that well so for us and we haven't perfected it you know and i'm not sure that the the three minute demo is that this isn't the end all be all it's just another arrow in our quiver um but for us it's really it's it's being able to promote it on on a remarketing so if somebody has visited our page and hasn't yep. um, actually done it, that's the next offer for them, right? In the remarketing okay. perspective, that's one. Number two is we're using it, um, promoting it in outbound email, in, in part of our nurture. So if yep. we know who they are and they have interacted, that's part of the, the, the next step in the nurture. Uh, and then thirdly, it's just, it's constantly testing the page. Where is this placed? What are we, how are we labeling it? What color is it? Are we using a pop-up? You know, are we not using a pop-up? So there's 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 different components, I think, to that piece. 
um, it's not a set it and forget it by any means, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that something you actively display on your website, or is it only to people that are at a certain stage? No, we don't. We 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 don't do that level of personalization yet on our website. So right now, it's just if you go to that page or those three pages, I should say, you'll see it. Or, or there's more than three, but the the three family, you know, suites of family pages, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I know some companies like to have, because when it comes to demos, I think a lot of prospects don't love to take them because um, certainly when it comes to my mind, a demo just makes me think that I'm going to sit on Zoom with a sales rep for them 30 minutes explaining how great their product is in the feature list from A to Z. And I'm sure many sales reps don't do that. They take time to do good discovery, understand your problems, your, mm-hmm. sales, your goals, your business outcomes, etc. Yeah, great sales reps out there. Don't get me wrong. So I know quite a lot of sites, quite a lot of organizations now like to put a small, small snapshot video demo on their mm-hmm. on their sites, so people can get a flavor, like dip right. their toe in the water, and then think, "Well, I want a bit more of this. I'm ready to speak to sales." Well, yeah, and I think the other nuance with it is, it, you you could make the argument that that should be ungated, right? You could definitely make that argument. In the way that we're working around that is giving, you know, brief snippets to kind of build intrigue, to want to see the full thing. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we even say that, you know, we get it. You're not ready to talk to sales yet. Here's a three minute, you know, da, 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 where yeah. you learn and, and get to kind of see behind the, behind the hood. And what's really interesting to me though, is the result of this is it's not just prospects that we're, we're seeing a lot of, you know, about, I would say about half the people that are downloading this are um, people that are being brought into an opportunity. Hey, we got this wide audience demo tomorrow with Engagewares dot 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 product, and then we'll see one or two people demo. You know, go like, hey, what is this again? I want to go check it out before I sit in there. We're seeing oh, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And then we're also seeing, you know, I, I have a great example that we're showing at our at our QBR where four people from one institution um, actually filled it out, right? And if you go back and look, the AVP of XYZ watched it first forwarded it to three other people is yeah. what I assume happened because it all happened within, if you look, you know, da, 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 da. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then a, a project manager actually filled out the request information form and said, all right, we are now ready to talk about this. Right. Um, but so if you backtrack, it was really the decision maker or one of the decision makers that started the process and then delegated the next steps to, to part people on their team. So it's interesting what we're learning from, having this that we might not have seen otherwise that's useful isn't it it is and it actually shows that people are sharing it amongst their colleagues correct in their organization and they're all consuming it and it makes you know that it's actually a helpful tool and had we not had that we we would have just gotten this demo request from this project manager and not known that hey so and so so and so and so and so are also involved in this process and when you're having that conversation you know from when that gets passed over to try to yeah, get yeah. those people in and, and without being creepy because it's more yeah. creepy that we know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's useful. I'm an issue for your sales team as well though, because then they can yeah. know who's watching it and they can even bring it up. They can just say, well, like, what did you think of this clip? Is yeah. there anything specific you want to know before we take the demo? Um, yeah. And, all that and that's the stuff. thing that we're, you know, that's a big piece of our next year is like, how are we, what are we doing to, to, to create more of these and what are we trying, what are we doing to optimize what we do have? Right. Because it comes back to, you would ask the question, if, if, if the CEO tomorrow says we need more leads, 
I don't, I always use the analogy of, I want to stay out of the principal's office. I want marketing to be out of the principal's office, meaning that we're performing and we're communicating when things aren't going well. Hey, this isn't working. Here's why. And here's what we're doing about it. So from my perspective, the more we get ahead of this, this in, in a perfect world, the CEO never comes to me and says that, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, we're yeah. staying ahead of it. And I, that's where kind of I try to drive our team towards is what is that next offer? Right. So that we're constant. Now we've built this, these air, you know, we built out our quiver with these arrows that are going to generate that for us. Yeah. I like it. So to wrap things up, do you think there should be a split? And if so, what is it between the short term tactics? And in your case, DJ, that sounds like running a webinar to get a bunch of MQLs as opposed to the long game where that is giving out content free of charge that your target market is going to find genuinely useful. And then over time, serving them useful content whether that's in the feed or linkedin whether that's eventually showing an ad or an outbound email that sends them to a mid funnel offer where they can get a sneak peek of how you can help them and the problems it can fix and then they might be ready to jump on a, a full swing demo should there be a should there be a split is it 50 50 is it something completely different well i think the the answer is it's different for everyone and that's not what you want to hear but I mean, I think if we think about it from like, how do we build top of funnel and reputation? What are we doing from a demand perspective? What are we doing from a customer success and from, you know, sales enablement? You know, if, if those are all of marketing or if those are a bunch of marketing um, tactics, right, or, or what we're charged with, I think it's finding the optimal blend. I, I can't say what it's going to be that you can't say, you know, for everybody, it's this. We just can't say that, unfortunately. For us, I think we we're playing the long and the short game, um, and some it's going to change depending on the project. You know, in the quarters that we have those two big pieces of content coming up for us, it might be seventy thirty, right, in terms of level of effort. But what we're really looking for is how do we have that optimal blend? Like so, like I said, so you know, we wake up on on. January 1st and we have our model built out pretty accurately with reporting that we know that we're going to get this number of meetings set based on if we spend this amount of money. We're not there yet, but that's where we're hoping to get. Yeah. 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 So what I'm hearing is lead gen's not completely dead. It's, it's still there. It's still a necessary thing to do, but it sounds like it's slowly on the de decline for, for B2B and it's more focused on those mid funnel offers focus on, actually bringing your audience what they want to see and what they want to consume? Yeah, I would say it's an evolution, right? I mean, it's it's like everything else in life, like, like us as humans, it's an evolution. It's evolving. And it's our job as marketing and marketing leaders to stay ahead of that, right? And to be willing to try new things and be willing to say, ha having the confidence to say, I have no idea if these three-minute videos are going to work or not. I don't know. But, but we're willing to test it, right? And we're not going to spend six months and $200,000. We're going to spend four weeks and $3,000. And if it works, then we'll go back and spend the $25,000 or whatever that amount of money is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Marking experiments uh, are a good move. Mm -hmm. Always. I mean, like you say, just being able to invest a small amount of cash or even your own team's time and then assessing something over an agreed time period and saying, look, this is the outcome that we expect. If it works well and it gets this desired outcome, great, we ramp it up. If not, fine, we've learned from it. Let's move on. Let's try something else next Correct. quarter or next month. So it's, yeah, something I think organizations are quite afraid to do 
in most companies that I, I talk to anyway. I, I think they are. And I, and I think it comes down to just staying out of the principal's office. And what I mean by that is communicating and being open, right? And, and that's the way that I think that our team interacts and, and the relationship that we have is to say, like, it's okay to say, I don't know. Or it's okay to say this didn't work. But what you have to have is is the confidence to say, but here's what we're going to do about it. And here's how I'll report back to you on it, right? Um, I think that transparency is refreshing to a lot of people and not something that a lot of executive teams are used to hearing from the different departments. So you kind of, you you, you become that Malcolm Gladwell purple cow a little bit with like, hmm. oh, I got 48 problems, but marketing isn't one of them. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff, DJ. Great way to wrap it up. And with that said, sir, Thanks very yeah. much for, for coming on the show. Enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, likewise, Sam. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No worries. Do Please do tell our audience where they can learn more from you, more about your business, and the best way to get in touch. Yeah, so you know, on LinkedIn, it's just DJ Haskins. I have one of those names that uh, is not overly common. So if you just search in DJ Haskins on LinkedIn, um, and then you can check out engageware.com, um, just engage where just like uh, the you know software.com and learn a little bit more about you know we provide customer engagement solutions to financial institutions and services niche market but a lot of fun market to be in nice one sir thanks very much and we'll put all of those links over in the show notes at businessgrowth.marketing and as always if you enjoyed today's episode a quick rating or review on your audio podcast or subscribe on youtube goes a long way and we should catch you on the next one for more actionable, no BS, B2B marketing tips to grow your business and grow your revenue. Cheers for tuning in. All right. Thank you all.